Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. I'm co-founder of the online magazine, The Refined Woman, and my vision is to create a safe space where we can take off that Superman cape of having it all together and share our stories authentically and honestly. I really believe people are dying for the permission to be vulnerable, to just go there. But it takes someone being willing to go there first. It's my desire to do just that and invite you and others to do the same by removing that shiny mask of perfection and courageously sharing the imperfect journeys of life, spirituality, love, business, and everything in between. Hey friend, I'm so excited that you're here today listening to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. Maybe I should start singing my intros. What do you think of that? Do you support that? Okay. I don't know if you do or not. I support it. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. All right. Before we get started today, I wanted to read to you a recent review that we got on iTunes. Isle of You blog says, I love following Kat on Instagram because her Insta stories are always so on point and she shares her heart in such a poignant way. Her podcast ups that level of excellence in such an incredible pace. Not only does she bring on great guests, she always, always has something helpful and relevant to share with the millennial generation and beyond, not just gender specific either. And then there's some really awesome emojis that she put. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that and for leaving that comment and review. I love you blog. These ratings and reviews mean so much to not only myself, but my team, because each rating and review that you leave helps get us more searchable on iTunes. And what my vision really is, is to empower and encourage as many women as, um, as humanly possible. So I would love to ask for your support in doing that. So if you love this podcast, if you are an active listener, or this is your first episode, welcome. And after you listen to this, will you go to iTunes, search the refined collective, subscribe to us, leave a five-star rating and review. And I would love to share your review next week on the podcast. Okay, now on to today's episode. I am talking with LA-based Lacey Phillips, founder of To Be Magnetic. She's a manifestation advisor. And before you're all like, okay, Kat, you're getting all woo-woo on me. Lacey is such an incredible human. She specializes in unblocking beliefs of unworthiness and expanding into alignment with what one is calling in. What is so unique and special about Lacey and why I'm having her on here is she is so great about identifying fear, limiting beliefs, these internal narratives that so many of us have believed our whole lives, whether it's I will meet the person that I want to marry when I lose X amount of pounds, like I will be worthy of the relationship when I will be worthy of the job when. So she specializes in going back to those like root limiting beliefs that all of us have, identifying them and then creating a new narrative. So this woman walks in so much freedom and so much worth. I left the conversation. You'll hear it at the end. I'm like, I'm kind of fangirling her. She just, she does the work. She's so committed to it. So I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation and would love to know any and every questions that you have, because I know that there's going to be some women of faith listening to this that are like, wait a second, what do you mean you're talking about manifestation? Is that scary? What does that mean? And to that, I will say, let's have a conversation over on Instagram, the refined woman, let's talk about it. And there's a verse that has been so powerful for me in the New Testament that says, take everything thought captive. So there are so many internal beliefs that we're believing that are rooted in fear when God came to set us free. And he said that he did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So before you write some of this stuff off, because you're like, okay, this is weird and woo-woo, listen to it, give it a chance. I would love to know what you think. And I, again, am so honored to have Lacey on today's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris, and today I'm so honored to be talking with Lacey Phillips from the West Coast. How are you doing, Lacey? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. 
Oh, I've been so looking forward to this conversation. I think we've been emailing back and forth since November. Whoa. Oh, I'm so grateful. Are you guys finally starting to defrost over there? Oh, girl, I really, it's kind of triggering to talk about. Um, It was 75 degrees two days ago, and then it was 40 degrees and rainy yesterday. And it's sunny today, but it's still pretty cold. So, yeah, it's that like part of New York winter where you're like, uh, wait, is it spring? Wait, no, it's still winter. What's happening? Why do I live here? Boxes out from under my bed. For the spring. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you're in LA, right? Normally, yeah. I live between LA and now we just got a retreat property in my hometown right outside of Yosemite. And so I'm actually doing two weeks on at that space and one week mm-hmm. off in LA. Um, wow. And just really getting it ready to start holding some really cool self-guided retreats here. Oh my gosh. I've just seen pictures here and there on Instagram of it. And I want to go. I want to come. <laughs> it's pretty magical, man. Like they're right now finishing up the outdoor infrared sauna and there's going to be an outdoor oh. spa with two clawfoot tubs and like every room has a biomat. It's just really, it's oh decked gosh. out and really special. And then you're oh. literally in the foot backyard of Yosemite. So it's really, really cool. Oh my gosh. That just sounds so healing and amazing. And for, a, I'm like, When people are like, oh, how do you like living in New York? I'm like, well, I could basically be a beach barefoot yogi mermaid for the rest of my life. So I'm like, I don't know how I got here, but I just crave just getting back to nature whenever I can. Oh, and you guys have upstate is so beautiful. You're so lucky. And the Hamptons. I mean, you have such magical spaces over there. Yes, we totally do. And I have to tell you, now that you mentioned the infrared sauna, we were chatting before we recorded one of my best friends, Amanda is one of your clients and you guys have worked together for years now, but I found out about this fact that you could own your own sauna through Amanda staying at your place, telling me about your sauna Mm -hmm. and it literally changed my life. And I bought one and it's like in my Brooklyn apartment. Wow, Um, I was like, wait, People can own their own saunas. That's like a thing. Oh, yeah. We have one in LA in our garage. Like, I think it's so instrumental, especially if you're a sensitive person and you're in a polluted city where you just need to release all of those toxins constantly. Oh, my gosh. It's, I don't know if mine is as as nice as yours. Mine is like a foldable, like I can put it under my bed. Um, Because I told my roommates, I was like, I'm going to get a sauna. And they're like, you're going to put a wooden structure in the middle of our Brooklyn apartment. (laughs) They're probably like, no. (laughs) Like, no. They're like, they're already already telling me I can't have any more plants. Like, I'm like. (laughs) That's awesome. I know it's tough, man, because you guys all have like, you know, two to three roommates out there usually. Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's so shared space is a thing. Um, (laughs) Well, before we get started, I have so many questions and like bullets that I want to talk with you about. You have such wisdom, but I would love for you to just kind of share who you are and why you do what you do and how did you get to be doing these things? Absolutely. So I'm what's considered a manifestation advisor, which is really something I never thought I'd be doing in a million years. I was an actress and a model in LA for years. And at 17, I was so poor that I reached out to a family intuitive that my mom always had. And I asked her, I was like, what do I do in order to have money, like doing what I love? And she said, go pick up this one book, read it and follow it to a T and you'll have everything you want. And I guess in theory, she was correct in the long run Mm -hmm. because it was all about manifestation. It was my introduction to manifestation and I did follow it fully to a T. And it was from that whole new age rhetoric of think positive, visualize, be in the frequency kind of thing, um, which I don't prescribe to at all anymore. But I follow that secretly, like closet, even in LA, like I was very closeted about it um, (laughs) all the way, like the vision boards, all of the things, practiced it religiously. And then around 25, I noticed I was really good at manifesting, but never in the ways that it talked about. I couldn't like Mm. map out that I manifested because I'd been positive or that I visualized. And I was manifesting things like partners down to long blonde surfer hair, a Parisian mom and a photographer, like really (laughs) specific things. Um, And I started to go, well, I'm going to drop all of that. And I'm going to watch the patterning of what I do when that always results in what I want. 
And so in the next years, I ended up launching a holistic blog. I was very much led to that. And I was holistic chefing. And it was one holiday season that all of my resources dried up. So my clients went out of town and I had no money. And I had known for a couple of months that I just kept getting the message that I needed to release this process Mm -hmm. of manifestation that I practice, which is totally rooted in our thoughts don't create our reality, our subconscious beliefs do. And what that means is that from the age of zero to 14, 25, if I'm being generous, everything that we witness through our family, community, society, media, um, that all reflected back to us in our brain, an imprintation of our belief structure. So for instance, wherever we had, we were mirrored back with high self-worth and we were loved or we were achieving, it's very easy for us to manifest those things in our life, but where we receive low self-worth, so where we saw modeling between our parents that maybe wasn't the healthiest dynamic or it was a lack mentality or the gifts that I was born with were never nurtured. We have very low Mm. self-worth. So we have loops that are constantly looping and projecting that we can have certain things and we can't have certain things. The things that we can have that it projects, we get those simply. The things we can't have, we're blocked on and we need to unblock. Mm. And so I kept receiving this message and I really believe that that happens, that our resources will dry up when we're getting pushed out of the nest. Um, You know, it was finally like Mm. God saying, sorry, but you can't deny this any longer. This is why you're on the planet. This is why I'm communicating this to you. You need to go out and do it. And I had a lot of shadow about it because, Mm. you know, I come from a very conservative town and my dad, you know, nobody's very spiritual <laughs> where mm. I come from. And I just always thought, oh, my God, what, what happens when they find out? They're going to think I'm an alien. Um, and so <laughs> I finally launched it and it took off like wildfire. And it's so funny because now my dad does my work and many people in my small town do the work because it's actually really approachable. It's really rooted in science and psychology and then just a little bit of spiritual gifts. So it's super approachable. And, um, and I obviously saw that I was finally in my purpose. <laughs> because mm. in theory, you know, she said, follow this book to a T and you'll have everything you want. Well, I do teach manifestation and I have manifested everything that I want. So in theory, she was correct. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds like such that's such a journey of like ins and outs. And I, I love when, what you said as far as like, I feel like sometimes we're like, why, why am I feel like I'm hitting a block in my life? And then as soon as you stepped into the thing that you were really called to do, it was like the floodgates opened. Oh yeah. And I really believe that's the truth for people. Mm. Um, You know, especially for people who are, who are sitting there and worrying like, what is my thing? You know, nothing Mm. seems to be flowing. It's usually actually quite obvious. We actually have Mm. right on our homepage, when you click under manifestation, we have this free little page that's called clarity. And it's one of my deep imaginings, my hypnosis, where Mm. you go through and you listen and you kind of walk through the journey of your life to get a lot of clarity. Mm. Um, And a lot of people, you know, like I was a rolling stone for a long time. And it was so clear what my path was. If I look back from the beginning, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just didn't have anybody or a comparison to show me what that even looked like or how Mm -hmm. to do this or nobody had helped me foster it. So I really had to find it the hard way. Even just as you're talking about calling, like calling is something that so many women come to me to talk about. And I've, I've struggled with that different times in my life. Like, what is that thing? And I think we can put so much pressure on ourselves to find out that one thing that we're supposed to do. And so many women that come to me say, well, I feel called to be in a relationship. I feel called to marriage. I feel called to, um, be a wife or a mother. And so it's almost like what I see happening amidst so many women. And I think a lot of Christian women that follow me would fall into this category as well is this like, it's like they're waiting for their lives to start Mm -hmm. because they think that their calling is this relationship. And I, I always push back against that, but I wanted to hear, like, what do you think about that? Like, what if you actually do really think your calling is a relationship or the marriage? That's Um, beautiful if it is, but here's the thing that like, I've always been communicated that we come 
onto the planet alone, we leave the planet alone, period. So it's so beautiful that throughout this lifetime, we have the experience to have gifts like partnership and motherhood, where we get to be mirrored and foster life and navigate it through relationships. However, when I hear that, I think that's really, really wonderful to have that, I call them pings, like you just kind of know, um, or you have the sole desire to be or have something. There's That's so beautiful. But in the meantime, you know, like what we have in this one workshop that we have, which is called Up Level, there's something that I really started to see patterning that when people really understand what their authentic code, there's four sort of elements that really define throughout our life what we prescribe to, what we love, um, what we can't live without, what we organize most in our life. And it comes down to four things usually. And when we have clarity on what those four things are and what the workshop walks you through is dropping off anything else in your life that are those four things. So like decluttering, letting go of, stop wasting your time. And when we start to understand those four true elements of what lights us up and what what really defines us and helps us get to where we want to go, even if the end result of that or the beginning, I guess, for many is motherhood or, you know, being a partner and a wife to somebody, it's still once you have that happen, you're still going to need those four things to be met in those relationships Mm -hmm. and in those roles. So it's best to start finding those now and start really owning those now and letting those be what guides you in life to where you're Mm -hmm. headed and letting the other stuff drop off so that you just see what your spine is essentially. Mm -hmm. So even when you are in relationship or you are in motherhood, and all of the above, you still know within that type of dynamic, what's going to light you up, what's going to make mm-hmm. you a great mother and a great partner, or what yeah. you'll do to fill your time in those spaces that create the most happiness in your life. And I'll give you an example of mine, just to show you that they're, they're quite superficial. And they're really <laughs> honest, you know, one is luxury means the most to me out of out of everything. And Luxury to me, what that represents is absolute freedom. It's having the luxury and money to do what I want, when I want, how I want, travel, have any of my needs met, my self-care. So that's number one for me. Second is being seen. That's a huge thing for me. And one of the determining factors for people figuring out this, their authentic code is what they didn't really receive in childhood is going to actually be a huge indicator of what your four elements are. And so mine's being seen. The third is self-care, you know, like my spiritual practice and self-care. And the fourth being my, my legacy of work that I leave behind. And everybody's is different. Um, and so if you look at those four things, I teach people how to manifest, which has created a lot of luxury in my life and a lot of luxury in other people's lives. Two, I only do things within the brand, which consists of being seen, because that's how I can do the biggest amount of work with the least amount of time supporting the most mm-hmm. amount of people. Three, every all week long, I have self-care because it's what I need in order to do this work and show up because I have a lot of endocrine issues and autoimmune issues going on. Mm-hmm. And then the last and least, I'm working on my legacy. So let's say another person had that exact authentic code. But what really lit them up for their legacy is, you know, being a terrific mother in the world and partner to somebody. They'd still want that clarity beforehand, priming their needs, becoming autonomous, becoming so self-sufficient and happy. So once their partner comes in and they bring these children through, they're going to be the best pillar of and representation of themselves as possible because they'll be so realized in themselves. And so when they're in that relationship or in that role, they're still going to be filling those needs and bring in the right partner who really supports those needs and really shows up and, and doesn't think that validates them. And then as a mother, they can really be in a position to be a role model and to be fully fulfilled, to have the patient to patience, to be a great mother and to be a conscious mother. So mm-hmm. I always tell people like really figure out who you are. I think an authentic code is a wonderful model or structure for that. Maybe there's another system that somebody else resonates with, but really figure out who you are and refine it, like become so autonomous and happy with that, that when you're in these other roles that your soul's asking for, you're going to be so fulfilled and happy within them that you have enough to be a fully developed person in them. Yeah. And that's, that's so good. I'm like taking notes from my own self right now. Um, I think what, what you're saying that's like really stands out to me in that is, 
and I would love to know what you think, disagree, agree, is I think we look externally to be fulfilled and we put pressure on, well, I just need to find the boyfriend, the spouse, the partner. I just need to get married. I just need to be a mom. And we focus on like, it's like we flatten the thing and then we flatten the person and put all this pressure and expectation for him, her, the child, the marriage, the relationship to fulfill everything in me. When I really just don't think that any one person was ever created to fulfill all these internal things within us. And so then we get into the marriage and we're like, I must've married the wrong person because they're not making me happy or I am not the mother I thought I was going to be. I guess I was wrong about my calling Um, as opposed to like, what does it look like for me to like take ownership over how I'm showing up, like what I'm attracting, like who I am and what I want outside of like all these external things. But it just seems so much easier just to focus on, well, I just want the relationship or I want to lose the 10 pounds or whatever it is whatever that thing is for you. Absolutely. I like, for instance, a lot of my work centers around really looking at the programming that taught us Mm. to want certain things, right? So Mm. like depending on what community we grew up in or what cultural representation we grew up in, what has society modeled to us that we have to have to be happy? What is our Mm. family model to us that we have to be happy? What is our spiritual group model to us that we have to be to be happy. And not a lot of people have actually tapped into what they authentically really want to be happy when they completely peel all of those layers away. And even if the end game is still, you know, I will be very happy if I have an additional, um, you know, I like to call it, I always say like, it's an enhancement in my life when I have the partner Mm -hmm. I want. Um, Mm -hmm. It's an enhancement when I have the things I want. But I think it's really important for us to peel away the layers of what we've been programmed to need in society to be happy and start to really tap in again to our authentic code and our authentic self to be like what actually really lights me up. And then even if you do end up in those roles, you know, which if that's what you want, you will have like period if you do the right work to get to them, Um, you will actually not need those things to be fulfilled, you'll be so fulfilled Mm. yourself that you can actually stand up in whatever this Mm. is. If you're calling us to be an actor, if you're calling us to be, you know, whatever, like a physicist, I don't care. When you get the thing, you're not going to be happy. It's when you actually peel away the layers to see what lights you up, how you can Mm. be totally whole and authentically worthy that A, you will get the thing. That's what attracts it into you. And B, you will already be happy that all of that in your life will just be an enhancement and the better version of what it could be versus how you have not done that work and receive those things. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so good. It's so wise. Um, As we talk about relationships, I told you before that, so many women come to me and they they want to be in a meaningful relationship. They want to have a partner or a spouse, but there's like all these blocks or a, a lot of conversations I hear from women is there's no good guys left. Like all the good guys are taken. And to me, that is a narrative that is not serving anyone. It's not serving the men in our lives. It's not serving us. But it just feels like we get these blocks in our lives that keep us from the relationships we want. And I I feel like you're like so good at just, well, you have a course like unblocked partnership. And I just would love to hear your thoughts about what do you think blocks people from the relationships that they want? 100%. So I was the person who being in LA, went through the whole being a doormat, dating the wrong people, attracting in the emotionally unavailable people over and over and over again. And what it all really comes down to, um, I realized, you know, like when I started to figure out this formula of manifestation is it all comes down to our self-worth. Truly, that's really what it, it all comes down to. So for that narrative that's out there, like there aren't any good men left, blah, 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 blah. Especially when I would be working with my clients in New York and LA, that's a very strong thing. And I was like, you don't even know how easy it is to be a needle in the haystack in these places because women and men, but primarily there's a narrative that people are playing into in those cities, for instance, where women have such deeply low self-worth and they really, really settle for being doormats. Um, And frankly, for the most part, 
partners are looking for the, I like to say that they're queen or their king. They're looking for the person, their person who values themselves so much um, that that they, it's the person they want to put on the pedestal and have as the partner. Mm-hmm. So like when, when we're talking about manifesting in partnership, it really comes down to a couple of very key things. Um, people being 100% in their worth, which most people aren't, and what that looks like. I'll get into in a minute actually what that looks yeah. like. The most foundational thing is, is looking to see, if, it's what I call if we're expanded enough to have space to call in that partner and bring them in. So like a lot of the old manifestation rhetoric is like visualize the partner you want, set the thing on the side of the table as if they already exist and you have mm. them, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't really quite work. Like going back to my, my process of manifestation, just rooted in simple psychology and neuroscience, we the way that we perceive the world is through our retina. It's the first processor of our brain into our subconscious. And basically, if we've never seen to believe that what we want exists and is possible for us. So like, let's say we grew up in a family that didn't model the relationship that we want. We didn't see it in our community, or maybe we saw it, but we were programmed with a belief somewhere along the way that we weren't good enough to have that, or we couldn't have that, or we have body shame, so we can't have that. So having to actually go out and, and find what I call expanders is a huge portion to be being able to open up the space in your brain to have availability for what you want to come through. And so for instance, what that looks like is going out and finding people that you identify with that are in the relationship that you want. And it's believable to you that you could have that same relationship. You have to show that to your subconscious enough until you Mm -hmm. have an aha moment where you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. well, if she's in that, I could totally have that too. And so the lower our self-worth is, the more we're going to need expanders in order to show Mm -hmm. us that it's possible. So that's one really big component that a lot of people are missing. The biggest key thing people are missing if they don't have their partner yet they're either blocked in a subconscious way that they're totally unaware of because when we're in the conscious state like you and I are right now having this conversation, mm-hmm. we could be like, myself, we're so high. I feel great. I work out. I, well, you know, like whatever the X, Y, and Z is that, that we feel great about. However, when we get down into hypnosis, which is a process of going down into the theta state, the delta state, bringing our subconscious forward, you're very easily able to access the subconscious part of your brain that picked Mm -hmm. up any limiting beliefs from zero to 14. And you'll be unbelievably surprised at what's down there from just one thing that a girl said to you in elementary school that made you not feel good enough about your body to be with. It's mind blowing what lives down there. So you have to reckon with what's blocking, what's making you project out into the world. I'm not good enough to have a partner. I'm not X, Y, and Z enough to have a partner. I'm not successful enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm whatever, not enough that you're totally unaware of that needs to be completely unblocked and reprogrammed. So that's the second portion. And then the third portion is you can't settle for low self-worth behavior that you used to settle for in the past. So There's a huge concept that nobody ever taught me in manifestation. I just noticed it through patterning is that the universe tests us every time when we're upgrading into a manifestation that we want. So let's say we're calling in that partner, that husband, that person. However, we used to settle in the past. So like if we were the person that would take the late night phone calls or we would, you know, like go on the dates with the emotionally unavailable person and continue to date Mm -hmm. them, even though we knew that they didn't want to commit or whatever is our thing. When you start to do this work and you start to expand and you start to, you know, unblock those limiting beliefs, you're going to start having what I call tests come through. So it's going to be, they're going to be very hard at first. They're going to be um, people that are so obviously not your list that you'll have to turn down. And then they'll start to get a little bit harder. There will be people that come through that are very much your list, but they have red flags. And it's up to you to notice those red flags and pass them. So basically what the universe is really testing you on, because think about this. If you're calling in this really great person, but you're not subconsciously and consciously aligned with them, meaning your self-worth isn't totally in alignment with them, you're not going to connect with them. So the universe has to test to be like, have you learned your lesson? Have you grown your self-worth enough to be in alignment with this person? Mm -hmm. That's great. You know, I've got to check and see if you'll settle for old low self-worth behavior, because if you will, Mm -hmm. you're not in quote unquote vibration with this person you're calling through. So it's going to test you. 
And it's also testing to make sure that you're so autonomous enough and worthy enough that you trust the universe entirely, God, whomever you're talking to, entirely that they are going to connect you with what you want. That's what you're being tested mm-hmm. on. So that's kind of like, those are very core principles of what that workshop mm-hmm. about. And the most pivotal thing is that you're going to start to see what what little loops are looping around in your subconscious that are still projecting mm-hmm. out into the world why you're not good enough to have your partner. Mm-hmm. So in theory, um, these narratives that modern society is creating, towns are creating, we're creating that all the good men are taken, you should start mm-hmm. to see with my clients the moment <laughs> They started to grow their self-worth and follow this. Guess what only starts to show up? All of the good men or the women, whatever you're looking for. You know, if you're a man listening to this, whatever you're looking for starts to show up repeatedly. When you grow your worth, you unblock and you expand. So it's so not true. It's a total, total lie, that narrative. Yeah. Well, then if if I am holding on to this belief that there are no good single available men out there, then when I go to a party, when I'm on the subway, when wherever I'm at, if that's or if those are the lenses that I've chosen to view the world with, then everything that happens or doesn't happen then becomes ammunition for my cause. Right. Honestly. So, oh, he didn't talk to me. See, there's no good guys. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, because I'm not a huge believer in like if we're putting that thought out there, if we're continuing to put that out there that's our reality. I really do think it's deeper. It's more subconscious. Mm. So like if we deeply believe on a subconscious level that there aren't, and it usually won't be that narrative when you start to pull your Mm. subconscious forward, that there aren't any good people left. It's going to start to look like I'm really afraid to be in a deeply committed, intimate relationship because the relationship I watched between my parents that seemed really good and happy was actually not at all what I want and felt kind of imprisoning because, you know, especially if we're coming from a religious background where we're really staying together forever, I don't want to be trapped in that. You'll be so Mm. flabbergasted of what you find down there, of what your real fears are that are projecting that's literally keeping a bubble around you from your person coming through. So you're saying the narrative really isn't um, or like maybe like the top of the lily pad is that there are no good men out there. But then if we follow it all the way back down to the root, it's not even about that. Not at all. And in fact, if somebody's like buying into that narrative, it's just because unconsciously in the subconscious, there's something down there that doesn't want to be in a committed relationship mm. or is afraid to be or doesn't feel good enough to be. And that's wow. what people really need to discover if they really want to to call that person in. Wow. Wow. That's good. Wow, that's good stuff. Um, (laughs) I want to pause in today's episode to tell you about something I am so excited and passionate about. So for my single ladies, this one is for you. I just want to say I get it. Dating in today's culture can be a struggle fest. Do you ever feel like you're going to end up being a crazy cat lady watching Bachelor reruns, eating pirate booty all by yourself? I get it, girl. Let's face it. Dating can feel confusing, frustrating, isolating, and like a desert wasteland, but it doesn't have to be. I created a free resource guide just for you to support you in getting out there this year. It's called Six Tips to Activating Your Dating Life with Intention and Clarity. I truly believe that whether you've never been kissed or your last date was 20 minutes ago, this guide can support you in shaking things up and putting yourself out there in honoring and might I also say fun ways. These are the exact things I have implemented into my dating life over the last few years that have empowered me, given me clarity and propelled me into getting from my couch onto an actual date. So hold up, if you're married or already in a relationship, don't tune me out. I know you have some girlfriends in your life that would benefit from this. So whether you are married or you are a single girl ready to put yourself out there, go to bit.ly slash TRW dating. That's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y slash T-R-W stands for the refined woman dating. This is where you can grab your free guide, six tips to activate your dating life now. So ladies, let's get out there, shake things up and have fun. I am with you on the journey. 
When you when you say that like these tests start coming in and um, like you're trying to level up, um, like I definitely have had those circumstances as I've been working on my heart, doing the self work. Where I mean, I used to accept just such low treatment for men. I mean, they would text me at midnight, "You want to meet up?" And I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, a guy like that wants to hang out with yes. me? Wow!" You know, just. I just, for me, I just was so hungry and thirsty for love that, and I thought I was so like low, like I was so unworthy, even though I never would have said that with my mouth. I was like, I'm confident, but I would get in these situations with men that would just never want to commit or were completely emotionally unavailable, would cheat on me, never want to commit. And so once I really started doing work like that, um, it became like very clear. Okay. That's not the type of relationship I want. That's not the type of man I want. But then you say like, you get these like different tests of like, it's like almost the type of person that you want, but then there's these little red flags. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that seems like the like real hard work. Cause it's, it's easier when I'm like, okay, yeah, I, of course I'm not going to respond back now to the guy that texts me at 3am. I don't mm-hmm. even get those text messages anymore. Yeah, you've um, from that. Totally. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, but what would you say are, what would, what would you say, like maybe is some examples of that would look like when it's like, you've leveled up, you've done some of the work and then there's like a guy you're interested in. That's like really great. But then it's like not totally there. Like what would be some examples of that? Or maybe you have one from your own life. Yeah, those are great. So like, I'll give a really clear example for people. I was in a six-year relationship when I was calling in that partner finally, and I had like really solidified my manifestation practice. And I had gone from being like doormat after doormat and went, oh, hang on here. It's not when I think positive that things I want come into my life. It's when I step into my self-worth and don't settle anymore that that's literally the law of attraction. Mm. And so I finally, you know, attracted in my ex who was my partner six years and he was wonderful. And as I started to age, you know, at around 27, I started to realize I really do want a family and I do want children. And he always voiced that he didn't want either of those things. Mm. And at 30, I was like, oh, he'll come around. And at 30, I went, oh, no, he's really not changing on this. He doesn't want those things. Mm. So I knew for my own worth, like I had to do the work and start to call in the next partner who would want those things, you know, who was in alignment and nothing to my ex. It's just not what he wants in this lifetime. And so when I, I started to call in my next partner, about like six months before we broke up, just because I knew we were headed on that track. And I was grieving, he was grieving, like we were both getting prepared to be out of this long relationship Mm -hmm. we had been in. So as soon as we broke up, I knew that my next partner would come very quickly. Like I was very, um, I was very anchored in this process and understood it so well, so I could just feel. And I was quite expanded. I had seen to believe a lot of the type of relationships through media, through friendships, all sorts of different relationships in my life that I absolutely could have what I wanted. So that Mm -hmm. was, I knew since there was an opening, what it would really come down to would be tests. So I'll give you examples of tests that showed up that are very, very tricky. The very first ones that showed up on like dating apps, there was one and again, because my self-worth was so high, I had unblocked a lot and I was expanded. They, be, they were quite subtle. They weren't like as obvious, you know, like you're saying, your obvious ones are kind of done. Like you don't get the 3 a.m. text anymore because mm-hmm. you've grown your worth mm-hmm. enough that you're like, I'm sorry, that's not happening anymore. So it doesn't happen. Um, so here's what did show up. The very first person that came through who was also an expander was a good friend of my friends. She had set us up on a date and he was very much my list, like long blonde hair and, you know, older, owned a house in Venice, like, you know, two-time Academy Award nominated editor, you know, everything was on paper and we went to dinner together and I caught him like checking out other people the whole dinner. And I'm very old fashioned. Like one of Mm. my things that I love is being courted um, and chivalry. And he let me pick up the check on our second round of what we did. And I was Mm. like, nope, most women would not have passed that test. They would have been like, oh my God, the thing I want is here. And I'm Mm. like, universe, I'm serious. (laughs) I want here. Um, And so, you know, that would have been very subtle and very hard. A lot of women would have just like kept hanging out. And that would have been an indicator of low self-worth. And even though he was everything on paper, I was like, nah, no, I know this is a test and it looks really good and shiny, but I'm going to pass it. 
And the second person who came through, which is really fascinating because he was one of my expanders from a couple of years before when I went to a friend's wedding, he was DJing and he was like, a lot of the things I was looking for was somebody who was secure and settled and could have a family and, you know, was also very mm-hmm. successful in what they loved. <clears throat> and so he at the time was like, um, you know, he made music scores for uh, movies and really cool ones I had loved. And when I met him a couple of years ago, I was like, he's exactly what I would want if I didn't end up with my ex. You know, like he owned a house, mm. he was fearless, he was successful, he was happy, he was handsome, he lived in Brooklyn half the time. Um, so he showed up on a dating app and we started to chat right away. And most people would have been like, oh my gosh, this is so meant to be. It came back around, you know? And like mm-hmm. five minutes into chatting, he was super narcissistic. You could tell he was very disposable with women um, that mm-hmm. I was like, nope, <laughs> so that's very subtle, right? Most people wouldn't, wouldn't pass those. And so I knew at that point I was in a magic dark and that's when my partner came through. And that shows you how subtle they are, how hard they are mm-hmm. and how much they're going to test your self-worth. And most people in both of those situations would have been like, this is so kismet. It's so meant to be. And it's mm-hmm. like, you really need to look for the red flags. Yeah. So let's talk about chivalry for a second. I mean, you, um, cause I feel like I, like I am pretty progressive in the way I live my life, but then there's also like, I'm like, I'm super old fashioned. I want it, the doors opened. I want him to like pay for the meal. Um, and then it's, it's interesting to me like that he, you said he like paid for the first round, but then the second round was on you. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like, cause I feel like I could hear that story and be like, oh, like that was chivalrous. Like he, he did pay for the first round and, you know, let's be fair for the second round, whatever you want to say about that. Um, but why do you think it's so important, especially like, I feel like in those first few dates, it's like, you're just trying to get to know this other person. Why do you think like chivalry in those moments is so revealing or like, if he picks up the check or not, like, why do you think that's so revealing? So like what I tell people and, you know, I, I work with all, like every type of person, right? Mm -hmm. So I only see energy. That's like the weird gift Mm -hmm. I was born with is I can read energy. So honestly, it doesn't come down to the chivalry portion. Mm -hmm. It comes down to what your expectations of what you want and need are. Mm -hmm. So if you're a type of person, let's say you grew up with a totally different cultural background and Holland, where it's Dutch and you guys split everything, it would Mm. be a different standard somebody would have. You know, maybe their thing is, who knows, maybe that the person makes eye contact. So it's, it really Mm. comes down to what your wants and needs are. And for me, Mm. Like that's, I I was raised by a Muslim and two cowboys. Like, (laughs) I, you know, like for me, I'm very much programmed that there's deep chivalry in courting and it's telling Mm -hmm. if this person wants to be with me and I would be attracting Mm -hmm. in the type of people that are like that. So for instance, if your thing, I'll go back to my example. I know that type of person who makes great income and is older, um, you know, should, and if we are in compatibility for what my needs are going to be just in the beginning of dating, um, he would have, Absolutely. I've had younger people absolutely be like, no, sorry, this is like not a chance. Mm -hmm. Now, again, if this Mm -hmm. was somebody in Holland who had different standards, it would be no problem. No big thing. That wouldn't be a test. You wouldn't be tested with that. So it really Mm -hmm. comes down to what your thing is. So if again, a big thing you it's energetic. So like a big thing you want is that you were raised around that you're programmed with that. And it's what you your soul sort of desires, then you don't Mm -hmm. let that stuff slide. That's a red flag. You know, you're being you're literally being tested. (laughs) Does that make sense? So it'll be different. Mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah, yeah, it makes so much sense. Because I think, because I have longed for it for that chivalry and the doors being opened and that sort of behavior. I think living in New York has been an interesting beast in the last six years because um, sometimes I wonder if guys feel like confused as to how to act with women on dates because there's these like really mixed messages in our culture that says stuff like, I'm an independent woman. I can pay my own bills. Like I can open my own door and like, I've wondered at times, do guys really want to do that? But then they're like, uh, uh, like it's almost like they feel like damned if they do, damned if they don't. Yeah. And so I've just been curious just personally, cause I've, I've 
I mean, I've had it from like all angles of like people saying like, oh, like I want too much or that's too much of an expectation or we're in 2019, like we're grown adults. We can both pay our own portion. But even just like you're saying, and I think where there's so much freedom and permission is owning, well, but this is what I want. And And it might not be what, right. And it might not be what she wants or needs or what he wants or needs, but to be able to in confidence and self-worth say like, I actually do want a guy that is going to pay for our date You got it. and open the door for me. Um, and to like not feel guilty about that. And in all honesty, like what we're all not talking about is the magic of everything at the end of the day. Cause right. This is attracting in your partner. So like I've had experiences and it's so wild. Like even if I were to be single today, there just would not be anybody that would come through that wouldn't be, that wouldn't do those because I feel so worthy, so expanded. Um, Mm. And so for instance, like we're, we're forgetting the magic portion that if you're doing this work, you're expanding, you know, all X, Y, and Z is, is being accomplished that there's going to be the beauty of, of magic coming through where your mm. person from Texas is just in a, you know, New York or whatever, or just transplanted to New York yeah. that happens to be, you know what I mean? That's what you're going mm. to start being connected with. So it's mm. like, we can, we really need to get into the place where we never undervalue our wants and needs anymore, but we do need to also depict and look at why we have those wants and needs. Are they true to our soul and our core? We need to like delayer the programming, the onion that we've picked up in life, look at what our soul wants and no longer settle for what it doesn't want. That's so good. Lacey, you have so much wisdom to offer. And I just, I like, I feel like I want to go after our conversation immediately purchase unblocked partnership. I'm like, I want to go through that this afternoon. Um, You You should work through it. Right. Then you can share it with your people. Yes, I definitely will. I, I just, I'm going to do that. So kind of just wrapping up because I feel like I I could just keep asking you questions for the rest of the afternoon (laughs) (laughs) and then it'll turn into a coaching call and you'll be like, wait, what? I didn't know that this is what this was going to be. I'm stoked that people out there are hearing the message because it's, it's so frustrating, which you know, and many of your listeners know, and I can certainly resonate with back Mm. in the day of like sitting there and being like, why am I hearing crickets? Why isn't my person Mm. here? It's really, really frustrating and isolating and lonely, but there are tools and they do work. Yeah. I think that's, that is like such the key thing is there are so many tools out there. And I mean, it's so, it's so interesting to me because I kind of, when I zoom out, I'm like, we don't treat like our physical health like this. Like if, if I wanted to lose 20 pounds, I wouldn't just like sit in my closet and be like, why isn't it happening? Like, why? I don't get it. Like if I wanted to be a neurosurgeon, I wouldn't just like, lay in my bed eating bonbons and being like, I don't know why I can't be a neurosurgeon. Like, no, we would do work and we would study and we would seek counsel and wisdom and go to school. And that is my heart for like relationships in this area of our lives is like, what if we actually showed up with the same sort of intention and responsibility of like, oh, wow, like I actually can show up for myself in this area of my life. It's not just something that happens to me. Another really good analogy to tag on to that, and you pretty much understand manifestation at that point, what you just said, that it takes work, like period. If you're not getting what you want, it's because there's something blocking you. So you have to do the work to unblock it. And then be another really good analogy is like, think of a lot of us within this realm. We don't, like for me, even when I was the brokest, I was a waitress. I was making $300 a week as a cocktail waitress Mm -hmm. at the Laugh Factory on Sunset. I still found a way to buy organic food and have high grade living Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't put that other stuff into my body that didn't resonate with it. So Mm -hmm. why are we continuing to settle in areas of our life that aren't high grade living when we don't in other areas? So like in partnership and stuff like that, why aren't you, why aren't you only going out with organic? Like what's going on? You know what I mean? It's the same same thing. Stop settling. Yes. Totally. Um, Well, Lacey, thank you so much for your time and for your insight and wisdom. If there is a way that people can find you, which I know there is, um, can you just share where you're most active, where people can find your courses, where they can follow along social 
Absolutely. So you can find us at tobemagnetic.com and then on Instagram, we're at tobemagnetic. And we're just launching our retreat space actually quite soon, which is at the forest retreat. So those are kind of the main spots you can find us. And then we have a podcast that's every Friday called Expanded with Lacey Phillips. And um, we can connect with Becky as well. And if anybody's interested in doing Unblocked Partnership, we can give them 10% off of the code. Oh, amazing. I'll get I'll get the links from you in a, in a code. And we I would love to share that with my with my tribe. And I would love to go through with them. So thank you, Lacey. And so I cannot awesome. wait to see that retreat center and I just I hope you have a great day and I can't wait to meet you in real life one day you as well thank you so much for your time and take care thank you bye-bye hey thank you so much for listening to this episode of the refined collective podcast I want you to know that this project of mine is such a labor of love and it wouldn't be possible without you, without your support, without your encouragement, without your feedback. So if you have a minute and you are enjoying this podcast, if you are an avid follower, or maybe this is the first episode you're listening to and you loved it, go to iTunes, search the Refined Collective Podcast and subscribe. And if you're feeling even some extra love, I would love to ask you to write a review for us. Now, this helps us get to more eyes, to get to more people. It kind of acts as like an SEO for podcasts. So if you have a minute, go find us on iTunes or on your podcast app, search The Refined Collective, subscribe, and rate and review us. It would mean the world to us. Next, if you are new here, maybe you've listened for a long time and there's topics, questions, comments, concerns that you have about what we're up to, follow us on Instagram, The Refined Woman. Send me a DM and I will get back to you and let me know what you want to hear about. Let me know what you want to talk about. And I would love to make that happen for you. Have such a fabulous day. (laughs) Bye.